You're listening to Soul Roadmap, episode 41. Welcome to Soul Roadmap Podcast. Each week, you'll hear strategies and inspiration to take action and live life better. Hi, I'm Dina Cataldo, lawyer, coach, and entrepreneur. This podcast is your roadmap to creating more success in your life, business, and relationships. Let's get started. Hello, I hope you are having a wonderful day. It is a bright, shiny, and cold Sacramento day. All these camellia trees are in front of me. I'm looking out my window and there are these bright pink flowers and they look beautiful. But I know it's freezing outside and I am not going out there, especially given the fact that I'm getting over a cold. So I hope you are healthy and warm wherever you are. I want to talk to you a little bit today about why young attorneys and really everyone who is in their profession, who is in a really stressed environment is underperforming and what we can do to change things. Now, even if you're not a lawyer or you're not new in your profession, you're going to want to tune in because this episode is relevant to everyone at any stage of their career. And there are things that we may not be paying attention to because we've been on autopilot in some of these areas of our life for just so long. Stress is at the heart of a lot of the underperformance issues that we see. And a lot of us believe that we work well under pressure. But really, that's a habit that we've created, and we have to undo this habit in order to perform even better. Science tells us stress is bad for our bodies, but it also tells us that it's bad for our mind. And we've learned that increased stress actually negatively impacts our ability to focus on the task at hand, it interferes with our sleep, and it makes us irritable to the point where our relationships might suffer. So today I'm focusing on the beliefs that I wish I had when I was a young attorney, things that I wish that I understood. And now that I do, I can take on even more assignments in my position and I can manage my relationships in my life better. There's always room for improvement, right? Like there's always a way we can perform even better. So take what you can from this. Sometimes we have to hear things a few different ways, a few different times, and by a few different people in order to start internalizing what we're learning. And I'm hoping that this is just one more way for you to take in some of what I'm about to say, because I'm sure at some point you might have heard some of these things. All right. So before we get started, I want to remind you about the free online masterclass for lawyers I'm doing right now, and it's actually right on point with today's podcast. If you want to dive even deeper into better ways to manage stress while being productive, then I encourage you to sign up for this free masterclass while it's available. It's called Five Secrets to Finding Ease and Creating Boundaries While Making Your Billable Hours. I'm going to show you how you can make the ultimate shift from feeling stretched too thin, stressed, and overwhelmed to finding ease and intentionally designing the life you want without sacrificing your work product. And this is only going to be happening for a limited time, so be sure to secure your spot today. You can register at dinacataldo.com forward slash masterclass. That's dinacataldo.com forward slash masterclass. All right, now let's talk about these five things that I wish I understood as a young lawyer. 
So why don't we do these things? Well, it's because we have been on autopilot since we were probably kids in these areas. For me, it was in high school, I really became an autopilot achieving over and over again, rather than taking a step back and thinking about how I was approaching things. And we just don't know these things until we hear them enough times or in just the right way, or maybe we have an experience that makes it just click. Basically, all of this comes down to personal experience and incorporating these things into our lives when we see them. But what if we could leapfrog all that experience and learn these things right now? We'd be way ahead of the curve and any perceived competition that we had, right? So it's important to start recognizing where these different beliefs show up in our lives and start to manage them in a way that benefits us. And a lot of my examples that I give here have to do with my own experience as a lawyer, but fill in the blanks with your own experiences in your line of work. You're sure to have parallel experiences in each of these areas. So the first thing that I wish I understood was that the phrase only as good as your last trial, your last assignment, if you're not a trial attorney, isn't actually true in the long run. Now, if you're conscientious about your work, There's no such thing as failure. It's all learning, but it's easy to see any perceived setback as a failure. You can replace the word trial for an assignment if you're not a trial attorney or the word surgery or any other success as perceived by outside people, right? Like your coworkers or your boss. I even had an established trial attorney talk to me the other day and say, you know, I haven't been out to trial in a while. They haven't been happening for me. I've been trying to get out to trial, but things just happen. A witness isn't available or a witness turns out to be lying about something and I dismiss the case, you know, because it has to be dismissed if you can't prove the case and the guy's lying, right? Or what if an outside force happens, like a judge suddenly isn't available and you can't do a trial? Well, this experienced trial attorney still had doubts about himself and said, you know, I don't feel like the people around me, you know, think that I'm doing my best. And it's really interesting hearing that from somebody who, in my opinion, is somebody who has always been a person who was not afraid to go to trial, loved to do the trial work, and went above and beyond in his own work and how he teaches other people in the office. He's someone who's been around a while and does amazing work because I've seen him in trial multiple times. So even as a more established attorney, he still had this self-doubt and this feeling that by not meeting other people's expectations that somehow he was failing. And so that's something that I wish I understood earlier on because I was always trying to meet up with other people's expectations of what I should be doing rather than recognizing that, you know what, over time, if I'm doing my best work, if I am going in 100%, then over time, people are going to perceive my good work. They're not simply going to say, you know what, you're only as good as your last trial. Now, you may be in a position like I am right now where you're not doing trial work and that's okay. You're doing what you need to be doing. Just recognize that that's okay. And maybe there are people, outside forces, your bosses, you know, other coworkers who believe that in order to be successful, you need to be doing certain things. Just recognize that you gotta be okay with yourself. You gotta be okay with, what you were doing and how you were performing. And that's all that matters. The 
outside perceptions of other people, they don't matter. And you might think that they may matter in terms of whether or not you get promoted, but looking at promotions versus how it feels in your day-to-day life and knowing that you're doing the best that you can do. I mean, those two things don't compute, right? Like your bosses may not understand the work that you're doing, but it doesn't define you as a human being. So those perceived failures that you may have on the job from those outside perspectives, right? Those people who are saying that you're not doing what they think that you should be doing in terms of what makes an attorney successful doesn't really impact who you are as a human being. So there's a lot of thoughts wrapped up in that first one, but I want you to start separating other people's perceptions of you and the work that you're doing and the pressures that you're putting on yourself to be that person, that perfect person who is then perceived by others to be a trial dog or somebody who is at the top of their game. Because the person that I was talking about, he's on top of his game. I know it because I've seen it. And he's in a position in which obviously the office recognizes that as well because he's in one of the higher performing units. So just recognize that there is a separation between feeling good about yourself and what you're doing, the conscientious work that you're doing versus what other people think you should be doing. And what those other people think isn't important as long as you're happy with the work that you're doing and you know you're doing your best. Okay, so the next thing that I wanna talk about the thing that I wish that I understood. I wish I understood that the thoughts that I was having weren't actually me. It's really crazy town in there. And learning to manage your mind is one of the most important things if you want to perform better. If we're not managing our mind, if we're not recognizing that the thoughts that we're having are really impacting how we're feeling, then we're going to underperform. If we're not actively working to regulate what goes into our brain and how to start thinking, then we're never going to be the best that we can be. And we are never going to even meet our personal expectations of performance. The first step for me in recognizing this was doing power vinyasa yoga. And that was really having to work through my body to get to my brain. I had to actually work through all those autopilot thoughts and start recognizing that it was autopilot. And I couldn't do that until I exerted myself to a point where I was exhausted. (laughs) And for each of us, it's a little bit different. But once I could get into my body, I could get into my brain. Meditation for me came later because then I could recognize how much better I performed at everything in my life when I made it a regular practice. But it was tough for me to get into a regular meditation practice. I could do it at the end of a power vinyasa yoga session. I could sit there quietly, but even that took practice. I mean, I needed to have that physical practice to ever even reach my mind. So when you start seeing your brain working in ways that are against you, so for instance, the negative self-talk, the worrying, the making up stories, all those things that we've talked about in other podcasts, then once you start recognizing that, know that that is not you, right? You have the ability to actually separate yourself from those thoughts. Meditation is the biggest way to get there, the most powerful way to start recognizing that. But there are other ways like having a really physical practice of some sort in order to start working off some of that tension in your body, that stress in your body. 
you can get to the point where you can start recognizing that those thoughts are actually separated. Now, meditation is the most powerful tool to get there, but there are other ways to get there. And even mindfulness practices like recognizing your breathing and just closing your eyes and breathing or taking the time to sit outside or go for a walk and just appreciate nature. Those are other ways that you can start separating those thoughts and recognizing that you are not those crazy thoughts that are running through your head. That's just our brain on autopilot. The third thing that I wish I understood is that how I feel is more important than anything that I'm doing. And, you know, it took me going through a major health scare and figuring that out and recognizing that I wasn't taking care of myself and that by not taking care of myself, I was underperforming. And what I wish I would have done was start making time for myself at an early stage in my career. Because if we don't, then we might never learn how to do it we'll burn out, we'll have health problems. We're going to be forced at some point to take time to ourselves. Why not make it an active choice right now? And that time could be spent doing anything. It could be spent making a healthy meal. It could be spent going on a walk with your dog or going to yoga, reading. And I know reading for pleasure may not be a thing for you right now, but there's got to be something that grounds us, something that helps us reconnect with ourselves so that we can recognize how we're feeling because that feeling of stress and overwhelm can feel very natural over time. If we are not paying attention, it can take us over and we won't be as aware of it. And so we won't have that power or we'll be less able to exercise power over that feeling. But when we start managing our thoughts and we start taking that time for ourselves, that helps us separate from those thoughts and we can start separating ourselves from that stress. The fourth thing that I wish I understood is that I needed to own all of my accomplishments and not just the bad stuff. It's so easy for us to be hard on ourselves and like that trial attorney I was talking about, just beat ourselves up over not meeting other people's expectations or our own expectations, that expectation of perfection that so many of us put onto ourselves, including myself at times, and just looking at that and not recognizing how far we've come, what exactly we've accomplished. And then for women, I think this is more prevalent with women than men, at least in my experience, is that we're afraid to own what we do because we don't want to seem like we're bragging, right? So I actually had that experience one time when I was doing a closing argument and I came up with this really great line at the beginning of my closing argument. And it really summed up the entire case And it was one of those things that my boss came and she was watching me and she came back at me later and she said, wow, that was really great. And I said, oh, well, thanks. I just kind of, you know, and she's like, no, 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 no. You need to own what you accomplish and how good you are at something that was really good. And, you know, I heard it, but I didn't hear it. You know, you got to hear things a few different times by a few different people before sometimes things click. And I was actually listening to my supervisor talking to someone who was new to her and she was explaining her background and, you know, she's a homicide attorney and how many trials she'd done and, you know, how many awards she'd received. And I was really impressed by the fact that she was saying those things because I felt as if 
if I were to say anything that was like that, that it would be perceived as bragging. But it wasn't bragging at all. It was simply stating facts. And it was amazing to hear a woman speak of herself in this way. I was really in awe. I'd never heard a female talk about themselves in that way. And it made me feel more confident explaining my accomplishments and the things that I do. Because when we minimize those things that we are doing, we're really minimizing ourselves. We're having that negative self-talk on ourselves. And then when we don't shine in those situations, when we don't shine in front of other people, it's almost like we're not giving other people permission to shine. So why not start to recognize those accomplishments and say them out loud when someone's saying, hey, what have you been up to? Why not say, you know what? I've been up to some amazing things. These are the things that I've been up to. And when we do that, the people who hear us It's not as if they're going to hear us like, oh, wow, what a braggart. I can't believe she's told me all this. They're going to say, wow, that's really great. And then they'll feel freer talking to you about what they're up to. And maybe they're even going to share some of the things that you've done with other people. And it creates this network of possibility. So why not own up to what you are doing that's so amazing in this world and start sharing it? I know it's taken me a lot of time in this online space to start recognizing that video was a difficult thing for me to do because it's taken me some time to get used to being on video, doing this podcast and saying these things that, you know, maybe someone would think that I'm a know-it-all, right? Like I've got it all figured out. And I'm just like, oh, well, you know what? I'm sharing things. I'm sharing my own experiences. I'm getting the opportunity to interview other people and share their experiences And having this open space to talk about these things, to share other people's experiences, to share my own experiences has not only created this space for other people to reach out to me and say, wow, this is so amazing. I can't believe what you're doing. This is really great. It's a really ambitious project. This is fantastic. But I think that it opens up other people to possibilities like, wow, this person is doing something so outside of the box. I can do that too. So next time you feel tempted to kind of minimize what you're doing, open up and say what you're up to, what you've been doing that has been so great that you've impressed yourself with. Go ahead and say it out loud. You can do that. And the last thing that I want to share with you, one thing that I really wish that I understood is that no one can do anything alone. And this is something that all of us have heard. But if you've come from a background where, for me, I was always taught to do everything on my own. I was taught to be self-sufficient. I was taught that I shouldn't have to rely on anyone. And really, that was my dad's really great way. It came from a really great place of, you know, my parents were never going to be there for me all the time. They were never going to have the resources for me to do the things in my life that they knew I was capable of. I was going to have to create those resources. I was going to have to build my future pretty much on my own because they didn't have the financial resources to do that. And I was the first person to go to college, the first person to go to law school in my family. And they simply weren't going to have the ability to get me where I wanted to go. I think my young brain interpreted that as I needed to do everything on my own. That's just one example of how our brains interpret things and how it's really important to pay attention to how our brain works. But that said, start to recognize areas of your life where you're going it alone, where you're not asking for help. Start looking for mentors, areas where you can delegate. And when it comes to mentors, 
I've heard some people go about this in different ways. Some people suggest actually going up to them and saying, hey, would you be my mentor? (laughs) I think that's really awkward and weird. So (laughs) I would not recommend that. But if you find somebody who you click with, then you can go to them and start asking them questions. And you'll click with some people and you won't click with others. That's just the way it is. I have that in my position where I have young attorneys coming up to me, asking me questions. And some of them I click with better than others. And I see that they click with other attorneys more than they will with me. So this should happen naturally. Just keep your eyes open to an opportunity to talk to other people. And when you do, you'll open yourself up to having that connection. Maybe you'll be able to make a connection or maybe you'll meet somebody. I know that when I was practicing law, I was very hesitant to ask questions because I felt very much like I was supposed to know the things that I was asking. So I was afraid to ask questions. And it was because I wasn't really comfortable asking questions of the attorneys I was around. And I had to learn to feel more comfortable with that. So I just started asking questions and maybe they thought I wasn't too bright. Maybe they did. I don't know. But at that vulnerable young place in my early career, I felt like I needed to know more and that I was not as smart as I needed to be in that position. So that was a sign of insecurity in my own life because I just was insecure in that position. I was brand new and it was totally normal, but I was really hard on myself. I very much felt as if I should have it all figured out. And that's just not the case. So understanding that you can't do it alone, that you've got to reach out to other people is incredibly important. Okay, well, those are the five things that I wish I understood. If you have something that you want to share, that there was some aha moment, like, hey, this was something I wish I knew, whether it's something I've said or something you've come up with as you were listening to this, I'd love to hear from you. Come visit me on Instagram. I'm at dina.cataldo. You can come meet me on Facebook. I've got a business page there. I'd love to hear from you or the Soul Roadmap community on Facebook. These are places where I really want to start creating a community of people who are not afraid to reach out for help, who want to be there for each other. I've got another Facebook group exclusively for lawyers. I'd love for you to meet me there. I'm going to link to all of these in the show notes at dinacataldo.com forward slash 41. And you can stop by there and say hi to all of us. So I can't wait to talk to you next week. Oh, let me give you one more reminder. If you're a lawyer, I'd love for you to join my free masterclass and talk to me there. It's going to be live. Register now because it's not going to be going on very long. I will link to it in the show notes at dinacataldo.com forward slash 40, but you can go straight there to dinacataldo.com forward slash masterclass if you want, if you just want to sign up for that. All right, I will talk to you next week. I hope you have a fabulous day. Talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to Soul Roadmap. If you have a moment, I'd appreciate it if you'd subscribe, rate, and left an honest review on iTunes. I read every single review, so let me know what you want to hear more or less of, and I'll talk to you next week.